Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode of Productive Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and our guest today is Sister Farah Halabi. She's a parenting in peace coach, and she helps people to discover path to peaceful parenting. We have interesting episode for you, so stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Farah, and welcome. Wa alaikum salam. Jazakallah heran for having me on today. It's my pleasure, and Ramadan Mubarak. Oh, Ramadan Mubarak to you too. <laughs> yeah, it's been one week now. Can you believe it? SubhanAllah, it goes so quickly, doesn't it? You get to day one and you're preparing for Ramadan, and then in the blink of an eye, it's yeah. already a week gone. So, yeah, SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. How was your Ramadan so far? MashaAllah, it's it's been beautiful I, I can't complain alhamdulillah it's um it's been a really really peaceful and lovely time so far so alhamdulillah I can't complain at all it's been great alhamdulillah I mentioned a bit about what you do so would you like to start telling more about yourself and about your work yeah of course I'd love to thank you well like you said my name is Farah Halaby and I'm a parenting and peace coach I'm um, a mother of four, and what I do is I help stressed out, overwhelmed and overstretched mums and women uncover their innate awesomeness to lead a life of insightful wisdom and peace and to bring about the best in their families, their homes and their lives. I run year-long coaching programmes for parents, and I've just recently started coaching children um, from an understanding that requires just a slight shift in the lens that we view life, which enhances and even transforms this experience in ways that, well, we never even imagined and more. And the reason that I run programs that are a year long, because I believe in coaching through a deep connection and establishing a trusting relationship. So that year really reflects my ongoing commitment and investment to each of my clients, inshallah. SubhanAllah, that's very impressive and important work. Like I told you before, I haven't come across uh, someone who does parenting coaching. So would you like to take us back? How did you get started? I'd like to give you a little bit of a backstory of, of, of what inspired me really to, yeah. to get on this journey. And um, it starts really from, I gave up my job uh, three and a half years ago now. I used to be air cabin crew. Uh, for mm-hmm. the world's favourite airline. I don't want to say the name of the airline. but um, okay. And so I gave that up to be a stay-at-home mum. I used to feel really, really awful. Like I had terrible mum guilt for being away so much. So I thought that being in the same time zone as my children, that that mere fact would be enough to just get rid of the mum guilt and really help me secure my role as this perfect mum. Mm. But it just turns out that it wasn't. And I suffered enormously because I didn't realise that I'd put all my self-worth, all my self-worth eggs, if you like, in this motherhood basket and my validation, my self-esteem and the very reason for being, it was all embroiled in this title, mum. And I didn't realise, but I'd personally taken on the responsibility of my children's emotional, physical, educational, um, spiritual well-being. And Mm. I was just exhausted. Um, 
I, it really felt as if every single thing that they did was on my shoulders. I just couldn't understand why I wasn't able to be the mum that I wanted to be. Because if the reason for me feeling like a bad mum in the first place was that I was away, then surely the opposite, as in staying at home with my children, should have meant that I was a great mum, but it, it just didn't. I just felt that I wasn't doing it right, that I couldn't do it. And it even got to the point, I mean, the worst, I think the lowest point I got was my husband was away and I was at home and I was just crying. And I just, I thought, I can't do this. And so I made a list of the people that I was going to give my children away to, because at that moment, I really thought that they were better off with other people than me. And in my mind, I'd done this, you know, I'd made provisions, you know, it only took two minutes, but in that two minutes of actually thinking about my children being better off with other people than with me, it was a real wake up call, because I just thought, well, no, I can't do that. You know, I, I was told that I couldn't have children. So to go on to have four healthy children, that was a real miracle. But I just felt that I wasn't doing them any justice or showing gratitude for Allah to Allah for the gifts that they are so I did what most people do when they find themselves in a bit of a pickle they um they google they google everything they so I googled how to be a good mum and there was just so much information it you know my pages were inundated with so much advice and information and it it just didn't help because it overwhelmed me really it was just too much there were different there are just different schools of thought on parenting. It's so vastly different. And also then I had to consider that I was a Muslim parent and, you know, yeah. parenting from an Islamic perspective. So then I just thought, well, why am I Googling? Why don't I just make Dua to the only one that can help me? So I made sincere and heartfelt Dua to Allah to help me and just poured out my heart to him. And subhanAllah, he did. Um, but not quite in the way that I imagined. He... Um, he sent me a life coach, um, surprisingly enough, That's and um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't even know what life coaches were. I mean, yeah. I didn't even think that I'd be the type of person to need a life coach. But subhanAllah, my coach was amazing. And through her help, I, I experienced a transformation in me that quite literally saved my sanity. From there, everything was different for me. My kids, my husband, my parents, you know, the relationship that I had with everyone. Hmm. So... Going on from, you know, why that inspired me to do what I do now, it was pretty much that I decided if I'd been blessed with this understanding and this gift that had completely changed my life, then I had a duty to help others. Mm. I felt, you know, so grateful to Allah for allowing me to follow this journey of self-awareness, self-healing and inner peace. And I was just indebted and felt impassioned to help others who were suffering because I remembered about like most of the conversations that I'd ever had with my mum friends, they were invariably always about our kids or the challenges of motherhood. And so I knew that there was a lot of work to be done. So I trained to become a coach myself. And now I'm one of only a few Muslim women trained in the world in the inside out paradigm that Mm -hmm. help really understand how, you know, understand your human relationships by truly understanding your spiritual relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yeah, that was how it all started. MashaAllah, that's, that's beautiful. May Allah reward you for bringing back this concept uh, or bringing your good work to the, back to the community because I believe myself in order to keep like learning and growing, you have to start helping others. Most so definitely. You mentioned concept 
Perfect, mom. And you also mentioned that there was a lot of, of your mom's friends giving parenting advices. I have personally seen that there's everyone, when someone have a child, there's in the community, everyone is giving advices. Advice, everyone. <laughs> if, if, if there's baby in the room yeah. and there's a 10 people, all of them, they have something to say. If the baby cries, one says, oh, he's hungry. The other one goes, no, you have to sleep. And then change the diapers. You know, there's so many advice going on. And I want to ask, based on your work and your coaching, you said you coach children and the parents. What is the biggest misconception people have about parenting? I think what you said was absolutely spot on, that you could ask 10 different people about their opinion of how to raise a child or why a child is crying or why yeah. a child is doing something, and it will be 10 different answers. So I think that there, there's it's a mixture of misconception about parenting, but also the misconception about the type of parent that mm. we think we will be. In my mind, I was a much better parent before I had children. You know, I was one of those people that if you saw a child having a tantrum in the supermarket or the cliche of a like a child having a meltdown in the park, yeah. I was the one that was like smugly to myself, oh, well, my children would never do that. Or never do you know, that. Yeah. <laughs> I would never stand for that. They must be yeah. awful parents. I'm going to be so much better, you know. So, so yeah. it was really that kind of ego of, of, yeah, in my mind, I was an amazing parent. I'd already built up this picture of what type of parent I would be, but even the type of children that I would have. And I talk about this notion of fantasy parenting in my coaching sessions. And, mm. you know, in my mind, I recall how my fantasy self was calm and I was a nurturing mum and I only fed my children organic and freshly cooked healthy food. And I wouldn't allow them to go on any screens of any kind. They wouldn't have any chocolate and that they, you know, be invested in lots of clubs and activities that would broaden their you know physical and educational experience and in return my children you know I would have a, the right balance of affection and discipline but my fantasy children didn't need discipline really because my fantasy children were well behaved and they loved vegetables and they were polite and they were amazing little beings so obviously in my dream world I'm this fantasy mum and my children are fantasy children but it's when the reality of our parenting doesn't meet that expectation, that's when the frustration sets in. So the real misconception of parenting, I think, is believing in the illusion that you even know what it entails, because your reality is so far from the fantasy that you just might miss out on the beauty of what it actually is. And mm. it was when I realised that um, it was all an illusion that I'd made up. I mean, I'd all made this all up. And it was only when I saw through that illusion that I saw the truth. And the truth is that my children, they're their own person in their own right, with their own thoughts and feelings. They're not an extension of me. They're not, you know, they came of me, but they're not an extension of me. And I can't control them. And I was a play, I, I found myself parenting from this place where I'd actually taken Allah out of the equation. I was parenting from this illusionary place where I was the one in control of the outcome and that I could affect the future. And I was so goal-driven and result-driven that I thought that I would only have proved my worth as a mum or as a person if at the end of days, you know, at the end of, at the end of time when, you know, I returned to my Lord, inshallah, that 
I would present my children all bowed and wrapped up and my perfect children as an offering him to, to him, sorry, an mm. offering to him and say, here you go, Allah, I've done my job. So I'll just pop over to Jannah now, can I? You know, that's what I really believed. I thought that if I could raise perfect children, then I would be okay. But it's parenting isn't the work of perfection. It's the work in progress and the barakah is in the striving. The result, whatever that may be, is in Allah's control and not mine. So this misconception that we have control over our kids or that we are in control of, over our kids and this misconception that we are going to be a certain parent or our children are going to be a certain way, we can't tell the future. That's not ours to know. We can just strive. And, yeah, that's that's where the barakah is, uh, I think. That's so true. And nothing is under our control. Everything is in our last control. Most definitely. It's just about submitting, really. It will be what it will be. And subhanAllah. Yeah. It's it's quite empowering when we do that, mashallah. So knowing what you know now, <laughs> what advice you wish you have gotten about parenting before you had your first child? <laughs> Don't have children. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Um, uh, no, the best bit of advice, I suppose, or yeah. I've the advice that I wish I'd gotten was that I'm raising humans and not robots. And I know that I might sound silly, but again, I was really under the impression that my children would just do what I said when I said it. Yeah. And I wish that someone had told me that actually, no, that's not the case. Um, that, you know, they're their own people. They're not going to do what you say just because you're the parent, they're the child. That, that relationship doesn't automatically, you know, play out as they're the doer and you're the asker so or you're the teller um mm. so that was I wish that someone had said that I know it sounds really obvious but I really wish that someone had told me that and also that there is no one universal standard or grade of parenting that I needed to work towards I wish that someone had just said to me you just make it up as you go along you know you just do your best and that's okay that's enough because you can only do what you do so yeah, that's why I wish that people had told me before I became a mum. <laughs> Mashallah. And what would you say to someone who have a someone who just became a mum, a new mum? I would say that it's a unique process that's, you know, it's a unique process to each mum. And so I would say trust your instincts. Um, your job is not to be a perfect mum, but know that you are already the best mum for your child because you were chosen to be the mum. And your child was chosen for you. And Allah does not make mistakes. So it's almost like it's the perfect match made in heaven. You were chosen for each other. So the immense rewards and blessings of motherhood, they're not earned easily. But, you know, with, with, with the role of mother being so revered in Islam, where's the expectation that it would be an easy job? You know, it's it's a blessed one, but a hard one. But Allah wouldn't have placed so much importance and barakah in motherhood without giving you all the tools that you need to do it. He wouldn't give you the most important job in the world with no qualifications. It's just trusting what he has given you inside because he tells us, doesn't he? He promises us that he will not bestow upon us any more that we can bear. Even when it seems tough, know that you can do it because you were chosen to do it. So that's what I would tell a new mum that so you I'm, can. That's a good advice. <laughs> Just <like Aaron. laughs> you know, when I, I feel like when we're talking about parenting and raising children, we always focus too much on mums. So mm -hmm. I want yep. to ask advice for the dads too. <laughs> Let's not I forget know. the dads. 
the dads obviously it takes you know two parents <laughs> to yeah. make a child so yes of course and yes because motherhood is such a role revered in in islam it is sometimes a little bit it's easy to kind of forget about the dad but this, the advice i would have for dads would be be supportive i mean subhanallah my husband was and is very supportive mashallah but that support played out in a lot of different ways so i would say to new dads don't take it personally that suddenly you're playing second fiddle to this new person that's entered your lives. It's it's not that you're not important or that you don't matter. It's just that at this moment in time, your baby's whole world is mum. Mm. You know, that, that's their whole world. And as a mum, she may feel that she can only be your baby's world and not yours right now. But it will change because it's just the role that she feels that she needs to focus on right now. So don't take it personally and perhaps take it as an opportunity to give thanks for the blessing of fatherhood and also for putting into practice the sunnah of being the best of men who are kind to their wives. So don't take it that she's, you know, leaving you out. Just look at it as an opportunity to gain the blessings of Allah by being supportive and by being a kind husband, inshallah. Mashallah. I like that, putting into practice the sunnah. So that's really Beautiful advice. Oh, you have this course called 30 Days of Parenting for Peaceful Ramadan. Would you, can you tell a bit more about that? Parenting for a Peaceful Ramadan. Well, that was born of really, um, we've all made a dua list, haven't we, for Ramadan? You know, we've yeah. all done prep. We've prepped food, we've put up decorations and, you know, that means that we're Ramadan ready. But I looked at the gap in preparing my parenting through Ramadan. And in the years gone by, I've been really guilty of assuming that Ramadan will mean the same for my kids as it does for me. And that they somehow got this memo that, you know, because mummy is fasting, they need to behave and they need to be nice. Yep. Um, and it was almost like I'd expected them to have some kind of personality transplant during Ramadan. And even me as well, that they would be chilled out and I would be too. But that's obviously not the case. So this I developed this online program um, to allow and prepare for any parenting issues that come up specifically during Ramadan. And so it provides a space for parents to find their way through Ramadan peacefully. So the 30 days of parenting for a peaceful Ramadan is actually a series of short daily inspirational video clips that talks about my own insights of parenting throughout Ramadan. And they're kind of a spiritual and morale boost. Mm. I usually send them out after Maghrib time, um, just uh, around about Isha time, actually, because Mostly then the men are either at Tarawih and it might be an opportunity for the mums to have, you know, a cup of tea and, you know, just five minutes to themselves, perhaps. So that's why I, you know, set it out then. But it's, yeah, it's, they're just daily inspirational videos, really, to help those people. But I'm also running a free online parenting for a peaceful Ramadan course that's more interactive. And that goes deeper and it uncovers ways of dealing with parenting issues that come up specifically in Ramadan. So this started a few weeks ago and in week one we discussed how to get the most out of fasting without blasting at your children. Week two we talked about how to thrive and not just survive parenting in Ramadan and then week three was how to have a mum guilt-free Ramadan by promoting soul care not just self-care and inshallah the next one will cover when you can't fast, but you want to fast, how to still get the blessings of Ramadan and get into that Ramadan zone and gain the rewards. And then the final week covers parenting for Jannah, which is 
talks about the simple secret of turning parenting into Ibadah. And really, it just focuses on a slight change in the way that we think and see things. So instead of thinking that our children get in the way of our Ibadah, how about we see them as being the way for us to worship Allah? And it's just a very slight difference, but it means something absolutely amazing. It's just completely transformative. It has been for me anyway, inshallah. Mashallah. Do you think it's too late to hop on to watch? Not at all. Not at all. I um, recorded the session. So the weeks four and five that are yet to be played out, um, you can still register for those sessions. If you, um, if anyone would like to, then they can contact me at my email address, which is connect at farahalaby.com. And I will register you for the next up and coming sessions. And if you can't make it live, then I will send out the recording. So it's not too late. And also, if you follow me on Facebook at Farah Parenting in Peace Coach, you can access the daily inspirational videos and also lots of different other articles that I've written with regards to parenting, not just through Ramadan, but throughout life, really. We are coming end to our conversation and I would like to ask you the final question that I always ask everyone mm-hmm. that comes on. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Oh, wow, subhanAllah. Um, the legacy I guess I'd le- like to leave behind is that by the grace and will of Allah, I was able to help parents parent and, and live from a place of peace and that their act of ibadah through their parenting brings them the rewards in this world and the next and that inshallah I might get to share in a piece of that as an ongoing sadhkajaria so that's what I would like to leave behind inshallah inshallah may Allah bless it I really enjoyed talking to you thank you I've loved this conversation <laughs> would you like to leave us with a, would you like to leave us with a book recommendation or right um I know it sounds really bizarre but I wouldn't recommend it because of the what we spoke about. I know it sounds strange, but there is so much out there and there are a lot of different things and a lot of yeah. different parenting gurus claiming that they know best. So write your own book. <laughs> write a book that's written for you, just about you and who you are as a parent. And trust that within you, you have all of the answers. But if you might need a little help, you know, delving deep into getting your own answers, then please find me on um social media um like i said at farah at farah halaby no it's not farah halaby at farah parenting in peace coach um there are articles of um about the different parenting issues that have come up in my own life and i pray that inshallah that they might be helpful that you might see something that resonates with you in there but as for a book no i can't i'm afraid write your own book that's what i would suggest (laughs) write your own book that's really (laughs) and actually we are everyone we are writing our own books our Most life definitely. is our own books so live by experience and learn i really enjoyed talking to you and may allah bless your work and you and your family